words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you, our God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of God. It's good to see you. Please nudge someone and say you're welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to see some of you have been away for so long, so long, just way too long. It's good to have you back. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back home. <laughs> There's so much, there's so much to be done, so much to be done in the city, so much to be done in the land, so much to be activated by God's people. And as we yield ourselves to God, God will partner with us to do his will and to bring his good pleasure to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's actually quite like a good, a good season in the atmosphere. As desperation enters the city, God is totally at peace. God is totally at peace. This is one of the most surprising things I found was that when there is trouble on the ground, you would think that God is actually riled up. Actually, he's not. God is totally, totally at peace. Sometimes he's the one even stirring the nest, <laughs> stirring the waters of trouble. And the Bible says, once again, I will shake the heavens and the earth like god why do you rejoice in this shaking we are dying we human beings were not like you why do you rejoice in shaking things so much but this is actually god's nature that the things which cannot be shaken will remain god will show us ourselves and where we're standing so so ask your brother this morning are you shaking this is so much shaking in the city in the nation and then as a pastor, like I was sharing with some people I was praying with yesterday night, as a pastor, one of the things that happens to you is that you find that you're always in the epicenter of the shaking sometimes. You know, just standing there when something really nasty has happened. I remember one of the most difficult experiences I had was to stand in the home of this family who someone had died in a plane crash. And she was fasting and praying that day when she left her bush and came to Lagos and died in a plane crash. You know, so why do you like as a pastor stand there and say like, this is the will of God. Do you understand? So sometimes we stand in the raw edge of life as it happens. But when I started looking at God and say, God, but how are you feeling about this? <laughs> what do you have to say about this, Lord? What do you have to say about this? So, our topic this morning is tongues of fire. When God sees the earth in this darkness, in this evil, in this surrounded space, when God sees all the earth, guess what God says? I have set my king in Zion. And Isaiah 60 begins to say, Arise, shine, for your light has come, 
And the glory of God is risen upon you. It says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, when God arises over you, it's not just for you to be the image of his glory only. One of the things that God's rising up does is for you to carry light. So many Christians have rejoiced in the fact that when darkness is upon the world, we are going to be good. That's not God's heart. God's heart is actually that as darkness hits the world, we arrive with light. And as we arrive with light, we're brightening up the darkness. It's not just about us shining. You know, Christians have been going around saying, oh, <laughs> I did shine, I did shine, I did shine. I did shine, I did shine, shine, shine. I just, they tell them, say, now Jesus, they make me shine. Is uh, like a little arrogant uh, thing like we have what others don't have that's not the point <laughs> the point is that we will shine in the darkness how many of you come to this room and say oh light where is the light in this room and you go and start looking at the light oh light wonderful light is that what happens how many of you wake up in the morning and say oh son let's look at the sun oh son so beautiful, so bright. Who does that? Nobody. Only kids. How <laughs> many of you looked at the sun? Many years more. I'm sure some of you here were mischievous like me, looking at the sun, trying to gaze into the sun. Are they going to see what's in the sun? That is not the function of the sun. The sun is not to be gazed on. The sun is to shine and bring illumination and bring brightness and bring glory when you come here and there's light guess what all you see is brightness brightness so people start to boast don't doubt my shine have you heard that on social media you know like i'm just so bright if you can't handle me get some glasses <laughs> Is not the point. The point is for the glory of God to shine brightly towards you. Who does God love when he gives you the light? For God so loved the world, he gave his son. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. Our brightness is not for us, it's for the world. How stingy you are. If you are a Christian and all week long, all day long, your light is no good for nobody. How weak your Christianity is. If in the end you live for yourself and for your comfort and for the concentric circle of your family and your friends. If that's all that there is, how stingy you are with the light of God. So when God comes to empower, he has something in mind. 
He has enablement in mind. He has a city in mind. He has a nation in mind. He has a territories and the kingdoms of darkness in mind. So there are two churches this hour. One church is the church of man designed for ourselves created for us, for our comfort zone, to give us the things we want, to give us the, the, the car we want, to give us the house we want, to give us the place we want. There's that church. But there is another church, say the church of Christ. The church of Christ is seated together with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. And what do they do from there? Say the rule. They rule over the territories of darkness. They bring the grace of God. So God says, I have set my king in Zion. Shine in the midst of your enemies. Go and get some people for God. Go and live bigger than yourself. Go and live for more than yourself. If from Monday to Saturday, your life has revolved around you, how miserable is that life? If you just live for yourself and for what benefits you, how dry and how empty such a life. But if you live for bigger, if you live for more than yourself, then you're beginning to get the picture. In the time of Christ, Christ came when the Romans were ruling Israel. So when Jesus came, he began to teach about the kingdom of God. And this was very confusing for them because all they wanted was a political leader who would take them out of political bondage into freedom. That freedom of the land flowing with milk and honey. And Jesus came with this weird message. The kingdom of God is coming. They're like, what is that? What's the kingdom of God? They just wanted political freedom. But guess what Rome did? Rome found out that they were conquering, they were very strong civilization. They were Pax Romana, the Roman Empire. They will go into a place. They will conquer a city. And once they conquer a city, they will move on. But after a while, they discovered they were conquering one city. By the time they come back one year later to the city they last conquered, the city has gone back to its old ways. So they decided to to civilize wherever they conquer. Do you understand? To bring the Roman civilization wherever they conquer. And guess how they did it? So every time they conquer somewhere, they will bring musicians, they will bring poets, they will bring poets, they will bring uh, their military, they will bring scribes, administrators who administer the city and then they will bring someone about AD 300, they say bringing someone called the apostle. So apostle is not a word mentioned in the Old Testament. It doesn't exist at all. Apostle is a, is a Greek word which the Romans borrowed. And this apostle was the one who was the designer of culture. He will craft the cultural framework for the city. He was, the, he, was the, he was the hit man to design what kind of life the people were supposed to have. So Jesus came and said that the 12 people who followed him were apostles. That is crazy, right? How powerful is that? So Jesus came and he gave like a secular term to the people who followed him. He could have called them deacons 
could have called them many of the other church names that exist, Sanhedrin, scribes. But guess what he called them? Apostles, which were like the cultural curators, the designers of culture, the people who painted what they wanted everybody to believe. The people who created the picture of what they wanted everyone to see. These were the apostles. The 12 disciples of Jesus. This them could have actually been called president and CEOs of Storm 360 of uh, what are the other Sony Music, what are the other labels in Nigeria? Which other labels you know? Yeah? Marvin Record, Chocolate City. Do you understand? So Jesus gave him, his people a title like What's the band's, the band's former manager? What's his name? Yeah. Jesus just called his people like Don Jazzy kind of name. That's what he means. You know, when we hear this word in church, we think like it's such a Holy Ghost name. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. He was a designer of culture. This man had inside of him the wirings of Rome. The idea of Rome as a civilization. And he was a craftsman who designed what the city was supposed to look like. Do you know, sometimes we feel like all our spirituality is about prayer only. Do you know, when God gets you praying in tongues, even praying in tongues, is supposed to be a losing up of a language on your inside. And a release of a power on your, on your inside for the apostolic. Did you guys know this? This actually, even me, I'm just jumping on this revelation and seeing what God is saying. And I was like, wow. Wow. So, I want to encourage you guys this morning to, to realize your place as you begin to desire spiritual gifts. That is what spiritual gifts are for. Spiritual gifts, therefore, are not just something that help us to just pray only. There are something that helps us to be designers in the spirit and in the natural of what God wants to do, of what God wants to bring about. So close your eyes for a minute and say, I am a curator of something mystical, of a kingdom that is coming, of a place that men can't see. So I ask, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know what that means? You are a designer of that heavenly kingdom. Jesus says that when we pray, therefore, guess what we're supposed to pray about? The design of the kingdom of God. We're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. But on earth, guess what we're doing? Designing God's kingdom. Building God's kingdom. And do you know we feel so little in our own eyes. But if we understand what God has done, this is exactly why you now need to connect the language of heaven. Because if you are a designer for a kingdom, how can you be out of sync with that kingdom? So the Bible says, whoever prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He doesn't know what he's saying, but in the spirit, he is speaking mysteries. 
One of the ways to download the God mandate and the God life and the God vision is to pray in the spirit. Did you know this? Because you represent a kingdom, because you're coming from a place that is not just seen with the eyes. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's go there. I'll show you what I'm saying. I just laid the foundation. Nikasaya, do you say Lambrinat? If you pray in the spirit, lift up your voice this morning. Let's pray one more time. Handi Sakuraya di Sanam Bristoli Mashaya Kusa Lambrida. Mandozi Kaya di Salembrinostama Hurastama Shikaya di Sa. Menkari Salebrenastama Shaya Kabolira. The grace to understand heavenly language, O oh God. And the language and the transcription of heaven, O oh God. And to download upon the earth, O oh God, your grace and your life and your power. And your speaking, O oh God. Mindo Loosen the tongues of your sons and your daughters, O oh God. Release your men and your women, O oh God. And design for them a new life. A new canvas, a new platform, a new tool in the spirit for them to unlock that which you've crafted in their hearts. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, O Lord, our Redeemer. We love you and we declare your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. Let's read it together. Pursue love. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So, they were sitting together on the day of Pentecost. And suddenly, the sound as of a rushing mighty wind came into the room. And divided tongues of fire sat upon each one of them. And they spoke in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I just read. What is it about tongues that generates so much controversy? You're praying in tongues like that. People who don't understand think like, oh man, ah, you're just so mad. And some people desire to speak in tongues, but their brain just gets in the way. Like God has given us so much a heavenly language. But our mind, so many people are even filled with the Holy Spirit, but they cannot be foolish enough to release themselves, the Spirit of God, and say what they do not know. Someone says, I don't, I don't want to be praying this kind of prayer that I don't know in the Spirit. I don't know what I'm telling God. I'm telling God, scatter this, this plan I have. I'm telling God, you know. 
I'm telling God, you know, like, God, your will be done in my life. I don't really want God's will to be done like that. <laughs> I'm telling God, oh, God, I'm ready to wait as long, you know, like there's some, some songs we sing. We're not in a hurry just to wait in your presence, just to your spirit. When it comes to your voice, I'm learning to live. So, guess what? We are afraid, like, ah, I can't be telling God, like, I'm not in a hurry. I'm in a hurry, Lord. <laughs> so people are scared. Some Christians are even scared of praying in the spirit. But guess what? We must make peace with the fact that none of us can make ourselves any better than God can make us. You can't make yourself better than God can make you. You can never make yourself any better than God can make you. Make peace with that. That's where you now begin to trust him. And as you trust him, what he releases to you, you are able to take and use. So they sat together in the upper room and they were waiting and waiting. And one day, all of a sudden, this happened. A mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fire sat on each of them. And they began to speak with other languages. But it wasn't the language. It was the empowering of the spirit. It was the empowering of the spirit. Could it be that many of us are sitting with the empowering of the spirit and doing nothing with it? That is exactly why God sent us into the earth as the civilization bringers of this dark world. God sent us into the earth as the apostolic people, as the people who carries him, as the people who have a deposit of him. And he says, like, wait for the power. Every time someone will go, say, wait for the power. And what do you do? You begin to pray in the spirit. This was the day of Pentecost, but there are different kinds of tongues. Okay, so... There's the tongue that speaks to God, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 says, When you pray in the Spirit, you do not speak to man. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Let's put up verse 2. Verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. Do you understand? So, when we pray in the Spirit, the first thing, that kind of speaking is speaking to God. Okay. Then verse 4 says, When we pray in the Spirit, we are edifying ourselves. Do you understand? When we pray in the Spirit, we are what? Edifying ourselves. Okay. Then verse 2. Remember verse 2 says, we're speaking to God, speaking mysteries to God. Verse 4 saying, we're edifying ourselves. So, are we speaking to God? Are we edifying ourselves? So that tells us there are different kinds of tongues. Do you understand? There are different kinds of tongues. So we teach this in believer school. But let me bring it down this morning before we begin to pray in the spirit. This is not a long sermon day. This is a day for us to actually immerse in the spirit and just declare the grace of God and just speak the fire of God around our world 
and speak the presence of God into our lives and bring the atmosphere of God's grace around our situation. So, verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 14 talks about tongues as a sign to unbelievers. So, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, for those who believe. So, now, there's prophecy that you can give to an unbeliever and that will help them to see God at work. So this is actually talking about a type of tongues. This type of tongues is actually as a sign to unbelievers. I've seen this when a Christian story was told about a missionary traveling to the Arab region. I can't remember the story correctly. Yeah. So he was traveling to the Arab region and they were about to do something to him. They, I think they were about to execute him or something like that. And then um, he said, let him pray. So he began to pray and God gave him tongues, right? In the tongues, he was preaching to the people and said to them, why do you want to kill me? When I came to tell you about the love of God, he was speaking in Arabic. Someone who can't speak any Arabic at all. So he praying and in tongues, you know, he started to speak to the Arabic guy. This is a sign for unbelievers. Um, John Bevere, one of the guys I really follow closely, said this, that he was built to preach in a church in America. And then, just as he was preaching, there was a lady who sat in, the, in a row, about three rows from one gentleman. And that lady felt the urge to pray. So she started praying and praying in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit. But this guy who was there was not really a Christian as such. Do you understand? So, Guess what? When the service finished, the man approached her and said, Oh, by the way, you speak perfect French. And she said, I don't speak a word of French. But the guy said she spoke so fluently in the right French accent, declaring the word of God. And before the pastor would read the scripture, she would say in French, as she was praying in the spirit, she thought she was praying in the spirit, but she was saying, this is what the pastor is about to say. He's about to read this verse and she will read the verse and then the next thing, the pastor will read the same verse. Like he was even preempting, she was even preempting what the man of God was supposed to say. Guess what? That's a sign to that guy. When the guy heard that she never spoke a word of French, it's a sign to unbelievers. The guy now began to like give his life to Christ. He gave his life to Christ that day. Why? Tongues as a sign. And I've also seen this when they try to embarrass you. Like my mom, I said this once. My mom doesn't speak very good English. So she actually has the Bible in her head. I, that's one person I see. She loves God and everything. But the entire Bible and the scripture she quotes, you won't even believe. But it's all in her head. I don't know how she got it in there though. So the women fellowship, you know, in those Orthodox churches, the pastor's wife is also the women fellowship leader. But because she didn't like politics, she just let it go. So to spite her, they invited her to come and speak. And then she told them that can she get an interpreter so she can speak in the language she understands. So they didn't give her an interpreter. I don't know whether it's to spite her, but she feels like it's to spite her though. 
whatever the case, they put her in front of the church. And she says she doesn't know what came over her. She has, had him started preaching. So she entered into the spirit and began to pray in the spirit. And then stood in front of the people and spoke like Queen's English. And preached a whole sermon in Queen's English. In her own mind, she was praying in tongues. She was speaking clear English vocabulary. Everybody said, ah, Madam, we didn't know you could speak English. She couldn't speak proper English. What is that? Tongues as a sign. Do you know, sometimes our tongues is not even just, just to build up ourselves with tongues as a sign on a bad day in a jam. You go into prayer. God gives you this language that enables you to take over. Then tongues as a gift. You know, one of the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, one of them is gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Yeah, that's diverse kinds of tongues. Now, that gift is a gift. That is the one that everybody does not have. Do you understand? That gift of diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues is a gift. That is a gift. Just like does all speak in tongues, that's what it means in that particular one. But people have used that to mean that we shouldn't speak in tongues. But actually Paul was saying, do all have the gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues? No, not everybody has that gift. Because that one is the one the Bible says, when we come together, let, when they're speaking, let there be interpretation. Because in that kind of diverse kinds of tongues, an unbeliever will not understand what's going on. So, if tongues is signed to unbelievers, why will unbelievers not understand? Do you understand? So you can see as if it's confused, but it's not confused. It's just talking about different kinds of tongues. So there's tongues as a sign to unbelievers, and then there's tongues and interpretation of tongues. And then there's tongues as a prayer language. So let's read verse 14. Give me 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Do you understand this? This is prayer tongues. Tongues for prayer. This is the third kind of tongue. So what are the three types? One, assigned to unbelievers. Two, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Number three, the prayer language. The tongues, which is the prayer language everybody is supposed to have. Paul says, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. The Bible also says, forbid not to speak in tongues. Forbid not spiritual gifts. Right? Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 27 talks about a fourth kind of tongues. Romans 8 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Next verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is talking about tongues for intercession. 
he, the Spirit searches the mind of God and begins to, sometimes when you go into that private prayer, sometimes when you go into that private prayer, what you are doing is intercession. And there is not just that entreaty. There is that voice that says, oh God, will you do this? Oh God, are you going to walk this? God, is this the time for you to walk this miracle? Do you understand that God wants us to be gifted in every spiritual gift? The inhibition we have is just our inhibition. God wants us to be gifted with every spiritual gift. God wants you to have it all. And why? Because darkness is upon the earth. A powerless Christian, a Christian who doesn't know his spiritual gifts, cannot know what the Spirit is saying. If you cannot pray in the Spirit, you cannot unlock the mind of God. You cannot release something. You cannot have a sign for unbelievers. And do you know, especially this tongue for inter intercession, guess what? You don't know where your brothers and your sisters are right now. You don't know, like I, I know my family, my wife and my daughters are in just, but I don't know what's happening to them right now. So I don't know what to pray for them as I ought to. So for me to pray, like, you know, your wife is in London right now yours and your son, right? You don't know where, do you understand? They are, they are fine generally before you came here, but you don't know what's going on. So when you want to declare concerning them, what do you do? Pray in the spirit because you don't know what to pray. Do you understand? When they tell you, oh, they call us, sometimes we get, you know, Sailor's Hill, we are like a lighthouse for God. When people have prayer requests of all types, they call us and we pray and we've seen God move. This week, there was a kidnapping in Joss and we just went and prayed. Just put it in the group and say, let's pray. By evening, the person had been released and, and the two children. Do you understand? And we're saying, God, we want, we want just, just Kaduna Expressway. Those kidnapping come to be cleared. We're praying about it. We just heard that the kingpin of, the, of that group was, was arrested. Do you understand? That when we pray, when we pray, there is something. But we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes we don't even know until God gives us revelation. So what, is, what does God do? He gives us a language that when you pray in that language, you are praying in sync with his will. That's what tongues is. So guess what? You are holding yourself back if you don't pray in tongues. You are holding yourself back. You are actually limiting yourself to what you understand. My God, how can you limit yourself to what you understand? How much do you know? You don't even know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. You don't know. Do you know what you're going to wake up in the morning with tomorrow? You don't know. You don't know. So guess what? You really cannot protect yourself. Guess what? We need to enter the place where we release ourselves into the Spirit of God. And push aside your inhibition and push aside the things that are like, oh, well, I don't understand this. But guess what? God doesn't explain himself to people who don't understand. You come to God in faith, you know more. You say, Lord, I believe. He gives you more. It says, to him who has, more will be given. To him who doesn't have, even that which he has will be taken away. Everyone who comes to God and says, God, I believe, help my unbelief. God says, okay, yes, come, come, come. Yeah, come, come, come. Come in, come in, come in. Come in, come in. Receive, receive. Receive this grace. Receive this fire. Receive this gift. Receive the gift of God. Receive it. Freely I've given it. There's power in the supernatural of God. There's a tongue for sign for unbelievers. There's the power of God that's been released for this time. You can walk through the earth knowing that God is at work in your life. Even though you don't know it all. But you can hand it to the God who knows all. You can hand it to him. Hashikularayanostamashikulariyatomo. Ninkaru salimbrinostai kayaluta. 
Emborutaya kasalembri nostaya kashelo sanamboruya. Riyakusante manambo shikalira. Rambosida bahai. I feel the Holy Spirit all over this room this morning. I feel the Spirit of God here this morning. I feel an outpouring. The atmosphere is just right for the Spirit of God to move. The atmosphere is just right for the Spirit of God to move. The atmosphere is just right for the Spirit of God to move. The atmosphere is just right let your fire burn in our hearts, O oh God. And everyone will receive the gift of God. And everyone will be full to overflowing. And everyone will see you and know you and understand you. Lusa libre nostai casolembre nastai manusta bajekro libre nostai akusa. It is time for the church to be the church. It is time for the church to find the oil of the Spirit. It is time for you to begin a journey in God. It's time for God's truth to be revealed in you. It is time for you to be a real believer indeed. In the name of Jesus Christ. I know there may be one or two persons here you don't pray in tongues it's not just to put you on the spot God has given this gift come and receive come and receive we have pastors here who will pray over you right now just come forward if you don't pray in tongues and you're in this church it's time today today is your day today is your day come and get the gift from god god said this gift shall be on this promise is for your fathers for those for your children's children's children for those who are far off to those who the lord our god shall call if you're here and you don't pray in the spirit this is the time this is your time this is your moment this is the hour this is the hour i want to invite you forward to come 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 Sindo saya kabo shikra libere no stama ninko shai. Sentu saya kabo libere no shti kama. Sikadabri no shti kaba libere no stakamushi kadama. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 